When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Field, Allen stall to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. They don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. No, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans, welcome in. Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Hope you all had a great holiday. Uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, if you're still celebrating. We wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating. Um, hope you enjoy the holiday season with your family. Um, I know Santa was good to me. Uh, you too. I'm sure he was good to you as well. Yeah, he was very good to me. I definitely made the nice list this year. Yeah, so you got your John Lester. Yeah, I got my John Lester jersey, my John Lester signed baseball. So Just a great day. You got a John Lester signed jersey? Love that. I got a uh, David Ortiz um, Boston Globe like book. Like the Boston Globe did a book. On oh, Ortiz. I got that from my brother. Like, you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That. It, that thing was cool. Awesome looking. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sleek. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, I got some nice new comfy clothes. I got Celtics tickets, which was great. Um, oh, nice. I got a nice new watch, so no complaints. Santa was good. Um, and, and, of course, a couple days before Christmas, the best Christmas gift came for me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but Clay Buckles was traded this week, which is very exciting news. Um, he's going to the Phillies. They're paying him all the money, the 13.5 he's owed. Um, we got Josh Tobias. I don't even care. I know he's not. He's like a single-A guy um, from the Phillies. But, guys, I don't, Christmas couldn't have come at a better time. This is the best news I've heard uh, pretty much since the invention of sliced bread. This is great. This is fantastic. Can't be in a better mood. Well, well, you're the only one who's excited. <laughs> I mean, at least that makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I think it's I, – I don't know how. I mean, I understand they needed to get rid of somebody. I don't think he was the, the right guy because there's – I like that Philly, if they're going to take the whole contract, I'm glad they took the whole – 13.5 mil, they're under the salary cap or luxury tax, whatever. But they're going to need that that right-hander at some point, whether that's because somebody's hurt or somebody it just isn't pitching well enough. I mean, it's a very left-handed, heavy rotation right now. And they're going to 
I don't think they're going to end up regretting it, but they're going to miss him, whether that's beginning of the season or mid-season, end of the season, going into the playoffs. They're going to miss that extra right-handed arm. I think they're going to regret it. I think it's stupid. I Okay, first of all, you have too much pitching. Great, that's happened in the past, and then the entire rotation gets injured, and then you have nobody. So no reason to think that won't happen again, because that's happened before. Second, you got crap for him. This guy is still valuable. They should have gotten something better for him than a single-A guy who's hitting, like, terribly. So I think that's stupid what they got for him. And, yeah, he's one of the righties you have. I mean, obviously, lefties are valuable to have. We know that with people like Lester. But you have a lot of lefties and not a lot of righties. And I don't trust Erod, and we'll get to him in a little bit. But and then that's that's the thing you you're gonna need him at some point, whether it's out of the bullpen, whether it's starting, and they just do a Tito on a luxury tax, and it's like, why are you doing this? The guy's more valuable than this. He got the short end of the stick his entire career, and he got it again. So not a good Christmas present. That's that's for Grinches. <laughs> I don't understand why everyone can still sit here and defend this guy. He he puts a smoke screen in front of what he really is. He's not a good pitcher, and I would rather have all lefties in my rotation than have him be a righty in our rotation. That's just the way it is. Your lefties are good. You still have Rick Porcello, and who knows, maybe someone else emerges or they go for somebody, but I think this clearly is a sign that they were done with Clay Buckholz. They didn't care what they got for him because I agree. They got crap for him. They did not get anything good by any means, but I just think, don't think they cared. I think yeah, this was a salary dump. Um, and by that means, maybe I'm a little mad about what, how they traded him because, like you said, Jess, they could have gotten more for him, and I think this was all just to get the money off the books because it basically matches Chris Sale's money. Um, so really, you're not, getting, you're not losing much in the sense of this, but at the same time, you probably could have swung him to the Mariners or someone like that who could have given him more for you because you still need to re-up this prospect pool you have now. You trade him all away. Um, I'm not mad at any, by any means for the deal. Like I'm not going to sit here and not defend it because I think it was his time. And he's just not that good of a pitcher anymore. So as much as I, I can see why you'd be unhappy with the trade because of what you got for it, trading Clay Buckholz should not make you upset by any means. I mean, I'm not sitting here wallowing over it, but I just think it was a Jess dumb move. Just might be. <laughs> yeah, I'm wallowing a little bit. I mean, I just think it's – I don't think it's smart on their end. And, and I understand, like, why people are so happy. I completely understand. Totally get it. I watched it all over Twitter and – it's just, I, they're going to miss that right-hander. I'm going to go back to this all season. And they're going to miss that right-hander in the bullpen. And he's, towards the end of last season, he wasn't bad. He had good numbers out of the bullpen and as a starter. And he just had that kind of attitude that I think is needed as a pitcher. Like, he did not care if he pitched bad after. He was like, yeah, whatever, I got to do better. He didn't walk out of Fenway thinking like, oh, man, I suck. He was just like, whatever, I got to do better. And he just, he never let it get to him. And, I mean, now I think he's going to do fine in Philly because there's not really many much expectation going into Philly. But I just I think it's just going to it's a bad move. I think it's a stupid move, and I would have preferred a batting net over Tobias if we were to get anything else. And I would have been happy with that if you gave me a batting net for John Lester. I'm in. John Lester. And by John Lester, I mean Clay Buckles. <laughs> wow. Kind of you. you think about Lawrence Jersey or something? <laughs> I mean, I know, it like, sounds like it's a really nice jersey. So. It is. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't like it because, well, for all the reasons I said. Plus, the, the, this guy pitched Game Three of the of the ALDS this year for the for the Sox, and now he's traded yeah, he for sucked. a silly guy. No, he didn't. He was not bad. He was fine. 
You didn't pitch I did. I got into a I got into a Twitter fight with some rando <laughs> over this. Um, he, I I I posted like that. Buckles was traded to Philly, and then my friend tweeted to me, and then I tweeted back something like, "Oh, we got junk for him," and he's like, "Look what we gave up." Blah blah blah. He's like, so I gave him the stats of the last eight starts, and he's like, "Yeah, well, historically, everybody wants a right a right-handed reliever through eight starts." I'm like, "Yeah, go away!" Like in nice <laughs> terms, like just some like Twitter troll, but. I didn't pull a David Price. He had like he's got plenty of followers, but just like people like that are the reason that like this move is just like people are just so engrossed about what he the more they're so focused on the bad and not the good that he's done for this team. And a lot of it came last season. I'm not saying he hasn't done that good. Like he wasn't terrible throughout the entire time he's here. He can't be bad for ten years straight. But like. There was so much bad and just so much inconsistency and injury questions and all that stuff. It's not worth dealing with that and trying to bank on him being there anymore when you don't need to. You know, you don't need Clay Buckles anymore. See, I disagree. There's not, there's not more bad than good. I there was I'd say there's equal amount. Well, yeah. first of all, his record was 81 and 61. That's better. That's better yeah, than because he was on good teams. Like you can you can't. I don't, no, I don't. No, I don't want to hear it. So, <laughs> 81 and 61. His ERA was under four, 396. Yes, I know the innings was a problem. He never reached 200 innings. I know that. I know his ERA kind of fluctuated from year to year, but he had several good years, 17 and 7, 233, 12 and 1, 174. The guy had some good seasons, he, and when he had bad seasons, he would turn it around and pitch better at different points in the season, like last year, where he was terrible, and then he completely turned around and was good because he's the kind of guy who kind of loses his mechanics sometimes, and then he needs to get it back, so he gets it back, and then he, you know, he, he pitches better, like last year. So it's... it's I understand a little bit of the criticism because of the inconsistency and because of how many injuries he got. But to have it be like this and for everyone to be like rejoicing and like having parties over him getting traded, like that is so over the top. That I should throw a party. That's that. such a good idea. I should throw a Clay Buckles got traded party. No, you shouldn't because it's stupid. Like everyone <laughs> else doing it. It's stupid. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't get the hate. It's just I know I'm defending more than everybody else does, but like it's so – so overblown and so over the top. Like, I don't get what the deal, the deal is with this. I think the biggest issue, Jess, is just the inconsistencies. I think people are done hoping this guy's going to be good for an entire season um, because those days are way past him. I don't think he's ever going to be good for an entire season. Now, next year, you're going to come on the show and you're going to tell me, oh, I told you so, because he's probably going to do well in Philly because he's in the National League um, and he's going to be a top-of-the-rotation guy for them. So, I, I think that he's going to do well in the National League because it's not as much difficulty getting him out of this division. So you're going to have an I told you so moment next year. I just know that's going to come. But it's just not what it meant for this team. He got put in a, bit, in a bad situation on a bad team, but it's good for him because he might only be there for, what, one year and then get to go somewhere else. Some team will take a flyer on him after his time in Philly because he's going to do well next year um, because he's going to be on a bad team and he's going to play a lot of games not in this division. And we've always talked about this division as being a tough division to pitch in. And now that you get him out of it and you put him in a league that's a lot easier, um, you're only setting him up for success coming next summer. Good. It's I'm, ma- I'm glad he's set up for success. Yeah, it's magical to hear you say uh, that he's going to do well next year. That's, that's How can he not? Quite... He's going to the National League. He's not, like, god-awful like well, he can't pitch so in the you're... league. Wow, so you're accepting that he's not a horrible pitcher like everybody else thinks he is. Huh. I'm not saying he's, uh, like, the worst pitcher in the league, like, burn his jersey. Like, I'm never one of those, but at the same time, it's like he just needs to get out of here. Like, it was about, it was his time. It's been ten years of, is he good? Is he bad? Is he good? Oh, now he's bad. Now he's good? Now he's bad. Like, 
You never really knew what you were going to get from him, and that's the problem. Cool, then people should be accepting that he's got traded, not rejoicing. If he's the worst pitcher in the league and his record was like 20 and 100, I get it. It wasn't that. It's overblown. I'm sorry. Just accept the deal and be like, wow, he got traded. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. Like, it's sad, sad to see. I guess, no, oh, my God, let's burn everything. Clay Buckles is the worst. I hate him. He's the worst. Like, come on. People need to grow up. I hate people. I mean, out of everyone on the staff, he is the worst pitcher you had. So. I would rather Buckles than Henry Owens. I'd rather Buckles he's, than but, Okay, Henry Owens isn't on your staff, though. Don't count him because he's in AAA. He's never going to get out of AAA. I am counting him because Don't he count comes him. up and down. He's inconsistent, yeah. too. He sucks. He's awful. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm why gonna, you didn't trade him. Are we going to rejoice he's too? No, we could package him and ship him away somewhere. Maybe the Mariners would want him. No, the Mariners, Mariners wanted Pomerantz. That's what they wanted. Oh, they can take him too. <laughs> Anybody um, but Clay. So this brings up a good point. Now you have a crap ton of lefties, and you have one guy in particular in, in Erod who has been inconsistent, hasn't been great, um, can be at times. Um, and I'm not a huge supporter of the guy either. Um, but he is playing in the World Baseball Classic. Now... Obviously, I'm a little concerned because I don't know how he's going to hold up. But at the same time, it might be good for him to get the extra reps going through spring training. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the fence about it. I mean, I know a lot of players who play in the World Baseball Classic, if they get injured or sometimes beginning of the season, they can't start right away or they get injured early and they always kind of go back to the World Baseball Classic. But Erod, I'm just, you know, he didn't pitch well last year. He had that... the, the dislocated knee and he was just never really the same and I know when he came in you know he pitched really well and he had a lot of hype around him maybe just like you know the sophomore slump kind of thing but you know if he can't if there's still something wrong with that knee or something like not mentally right where he can't trust himself or whatever it is I don't want him pitching to risk further injury to just kind of crap all over himself in the regular season especially when we don't have Clay Buckles on the roster to kind of fill that fourth spot but it's just like I mean, I love the World Baseball Classic. I love that the players can play for their, like, where they come from, their home country, and represent their where they're from. I love that idea. But somebody like Erod, who I don't think is 100%, I don't think it's a good idea for him to be playing. Yeah. I go back and forth on Erod a lot. Um, I don't like him pitching the World Baseball Classic because, you know, like we said, injuries. There's no nothing good that can happen from it. I feel like guys always go to the World Baseball Classic and get hurt. And that was a big problem with Daisuke. He'd go to the World Baseball Classic mm-hmm. and then he'd be like, oh, I'm the greatest pitcher ever. I'm fresh. I'm great. And then he comes here and pitches like garbage. So, oh, by the way, before I forget, Lauren, when you said Erod crapping all over himself, that's a funny image if you really think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> I at it. Calm down over there, Jared, with that cough. <laughs> Uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to do anything extra than he already has to do, which I don't like because he's this young and we're already worried about him getting hurt all the time. That's not a good sign. He's definitely a good pitcher, and he's proven that uh, a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. But only twenty three, I'm already worried about this. It's just that seems like a little too much of a concern for me, and he's a little too inconsistent and. I'm usually willing to give guys a chance, but for some reason, this guy just bothers me a little bit, and I don't like trust him as much as other guys. So, like, I'm a little on the fence with him, and I kind of wish they just traded him instead of Buckles. Yeah, because I know Erod's name was tossed up a lot too about what, like why wouldn't you trade him or Pomeranz versus Buckles? But I'm okay with him pitching, but I, I get why you wouldn't want to because I think you almost want him 
to be at spring training the whole time, to be under like team watch, <laughs> if you want to call it that, um, to, to have them monitor him and make sure he's getting the reps he needs, but not to overblow it because the Red Sox need to make sure that his mechanics are consistent and they need to be better because the mechanics have any issues with him staying healthy and staying on the field. So I can see why people will be okay with it. I, I'm not like mad about it by any means, but I would rather him not pitch in the World Baseball Classic because of that reason. I think the Red Sox need to have him under his under their watch the entire time, and I'm sure um, he's doing his things now to work out too because pitchers and catchers are not far away. Um, but I think that overall you want him under team watch as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong about the guy. I, I'm totally willing to accept that he could turn into a really good pitcher. I mean, a lot of people are really high on him from early on. I, I just, I don't know, injuries always concern me, and some guys just never fill the potential because of injuries. You know, I see it all the time, and, you know, whether they're a good pitcher or not, if you don't, if you can't stay in the field, nobody's going to take you 100% seriously as one of the better pitchers. You know, yeah. Clay Buckles, for example. So it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard, but I don't see any point in him pitching any extra than he already has to do, but no. he's going to. No, and it he will, and we'll see kind of how that goes. I think spring training, before that, you'll get to see how much work he gets in before he goes there, um, and they're going to give him stuff to make sure he's working on because he knows the team's going to send him out with stuff to do while he's there and things to keep it focused on while he's pitching. So, And you know the pitching coaches out there get all the notes, and teams talk to them to make sure they're doing the things they need them to do because they can't ruin their players for the entire summer. So um, definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, first half of the show, of course, was brought to you by our good friends at Audible. And, uh, yeah, we love being a partner with Audible, and they're great, so go check it out. Um, and there's other news to get around the, the league, but um, kind of a league-slash-Red Sox note. Next year, the Red Sox could be playing the Yankees in London. Um, I know the Red Sox said they're all for it. Of course they are, because they own a football team over there. <laughs> um, but what do you guys make of that, a, a baseball game over in London? I think it would be cool. I mean, I like I love the football games in London when there's good matchups, and I think a Red Sox-Yankees matchup is something perfect to advertise baseball overseas if they want to grow their audience or if they just want to get views from over there. I think the Red Sox-Yankees is the perfect series. Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, a cool idea. Um I think it, it looks like if they do do it, it wouldn't be until the 2018 season, uh, not next year. So they have a little time to, to work it out. But, yeah, I don't see why not. It could be cool. Might as well uh, might as well take baseball all around and uh, give it give it the exposure. Not that it needs it. It's pretty popular already. But, you know, with the people talking about games being too long and everything, it's nothing can hurt to, uh, to get it out there. And if the Red Sox Yankees can have it... <laughs> a better rivalry, you know, if the Yankees maybe are a little better or whatever, then that, that could be cool. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is I think they're hoping for Red Sox-Yankees to kind of spruce itself back up, if you want to call it that, um, mm-hmm. because it, it hasn't been that great. I think it, it's going to be better this year. Um, and I think by then, when they want to go in 2018, I think it should be better. Um, but I think they're banking on that rivalry being a rivalry, um, because if it's not, then it's just another game out there. But if it means something, you're going to get people to tune in. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by the logistics of it and see kind of how the league handles it compared to like how the league handles, like NFL handles football games out there. Um, so I'm intrigued by it. It's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, other big news around the league this week, uh, finally, um, Edwin and Carcion signed uh, with the Cleveland Indians. Three-year deal, $60 million. Um, this just made Indians that much better already because you're basically replacing Mike Napoli with Encarnacion. Yeah, I mean, you make a 
great team even better with the addition of him. I do think um, I'm surprised he went first. I thought Bautista would sign first, but they didn't uh, or he didn't, obviously. But I think it's a great move for the Indians. And I'm really interested to see like how Terry Francona handles him and how like this lineup. I mean, the Indians are pretty much the same team going into next year. So they're definitely my team to watch for next year. Just keep an eye on them. And I think Encarnacion just kind of adds way more, like more power, more home runs. Um, we obviously know he's a good player. He was on the Red Sox list or on the Red Sox radar for a little while. Um, so, and I'm glad he's staying in the American League so we'll be able to see him. Yeah, it's a good move for them. Uh, definitely. I know at the end he had like six teams that he was that he was looking at, at deals with, and he went with the Indians, which is obviously big for them. Um, but I want to pose a question to you guys. I heard somebody say this a couple days ago. They said, I don't remember who it was, but they said with with the addition of Encarnacion for the Indians, that person thinks that the Indians are now the favorite to go to the World Series out of AL, not it's, the Red Sox. It's what a, do you guys it, think? It, it's a close race. Um, I think I think it could, it's going to barrel down to um, really those two teams as I look at it right now. Um, there's a few other ones sprinkled in. Um, you never know what the Blue Jays will do, um, things like that. But I think it does. Um, I think look what the Indians did last year without two of their best pitchers. Um, I just don't see – I mean, I think the Red Sox are really close. I think it's almost one in way at this point for what the Red Sox did. But I think the, the with what the Indians were last year without major pieces down the stretch, um, I, I think that getting them, all their players back from last year healthy plus adding in Canarcion, I, I think it's only a step in the right direction. If that's the case, then if you're going in the right direction as an Indians in the forward direction and you were in the World Series last year, I can't imagine you saying they're not the favorites right away at least. I mean, I can absolutely see why they'd say that, but I still think the Red Sox have the edge. Um, but I do think the Indians are a huge threat. I don't, but and it's very hard. I know it's one of the hardest things to do is real repeat going back to the, the championship, whether it's the World Series, Stanley Cup, whatever it may be. It's one of the hardest things to do. You know, they have that the World Series hangover, Super Bowl hangover. They have, you know, that's the curse around the championship teams that go into these that go into the playoffs. So. There's that, but I also think the Red Sox do have the slight edge still, and I, like I said, I think the Indians are a threat, but I don't think they're the favorite. Yeah, I think, I, I hate doing this because obviously I want to pick the Red Sox all the time, and they're in pretty good position at this point, but I think at this point I have to give the Indians just a slight edge, and that's because of David Ortiz. Yeah, he's His loss, I think it's going to make more of a difference than people didn't realize it will. And with the Indians adding Encarnacion, the Red Sox losing David Ortiz. Yes, I know they got Chris Sale. I am well aware of that. <laughs> and that's that's excellent. You need pitching. And that could make the difference. You never know. It could make the difference. But I think definitely losing Ortiz. It's hard to replace 320, 38 home runs, 127 RBI. That's just, that just doesn't get replaced in the snap of a finger. So the fact that he's gone, Encarnacion is on the Indians. They already went to the World Series last year. And then, and then they're adding him. Yeah, like Lauren said, it's hard. It's hard to return to the to the World Series, and for that matter, for that reason, they might not. But I think at this point, just looking at who's on the team with the loss of Ortiz and the addition of Encarnacion, and you got to give the slight edge to the Indians at least. You just had to bring up the loss of Ortiz, didn't you? <laughs> it's a big deal, and no one's given it as much credit as it deserves. No, I don't I, want to. <laughs> Jess, Jess, I think a lot of people are trying to cement it with and like kind of offset it with Chris Sale. 
And I think that's why it's not really being brought up too much. It's, oh, well, we replaced Dan Ortiz with Chris Taylor. You can't really do that. It doesn't work that way. Um, no, it really losing does. production in the offense. So um, I think you're going to see them win different ways this year. I think you're going to see more pitching duels and close wins, and you're going to see wins coming from slugging it out 11, 12 runs. I mean, your offense is still there, but you are losing David Ortiz, and that's a big factor. Um, yeah, I think the offense will be good. I mean, there's no doubt there's good players, definitely, but having that guy in the middle with his leadership and his bat, it's just it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, did, I do give the edge to Cleveland. I think it's a, I think it's a big deal um, that David Ortiz is there. I think they just have the pieces. Um, to, you can't really not make them the favorites when – they already were you know it's like something like it's just that sort of situation um one other guy that could affect the division though is jose bautista he still hasn't signed um and i'm curious to see if he does sign before spring training but he did say he will accept a one-year deal worth more than his qualifying offer which is 17.2 million dollars from the the blue jays um does he go back to toronto guys or is he wearing another uniform next year too i mean i think he's gonna wear another uniform i think toronto is just kind of like Whatever, and now that he's saying he wants to accept something above his qualifying offer, I just feel like he's kind of digging his own his own grave, really. He's just, I, you know, 30 teams out there, and not one person has signed him. There's obviously a reason for it, and who knows? It's, I mean, the offseason is a funny thing. We, I mean, I thought he was going to sign quickly with somebody, and I thought he'd honestly go back to Toronto, but obviously that didn't happen, but... I don't know. It's a weird thing. It, it makes me wonder why he still hasn't signed yet, whether he's asking for too much or if a team just does not want to take a chance on him. Yeah, I think he's. I think he will go back to Toronto because I don't, it doesn't seem like anybody else wants him. So I, I don't see, I don't see anybody else getting him. You know, he's thirty six years old and his numbers have gone down. He got hurt last year several times, so I don't see him really going anywhere else. So I guess either Toronto or nobody. <laughs> you think he wouldn't play for anybody? I can't. I can't imagine he would. But who knows? Maybe. I, I don't see anyone else needing him besides Toronto. Maybe Texas. Um, so Texas could be a good fit. But I, I guys, I think this might come down to spring training. I really do because think about it. What truck day is? What forty days away, Lauren? Something like that. Forty-one. Forty-one. Um, so forty-one days away. That that's not a lot of time in in this world. He might not sign till spring training. It's a scary thought, but, I mean, we've seen this happen before with other players, and we've seen contract disputes and holdouts and just people being greedy over money and contract situations. So it's going to be an interesting next few weeks. You know, he could sign as soon as we stop recording today, which seems to be the trend this offseason. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so annoying, but it's so true. It's so true, but, I mean, I don't. I don't think he'll have a team before the new year. I think it'll be after the new year and everything settles that he'll sign somewhere. Let me ask you guys this before we get out of here. The longer this takes and the closer it gets to spring training, do the Red Sox at all come in and just maybe swoop in and grab him for a year? Yeah, I think the closer it gets to spring training, I think if he's not signed, Bautista's going to be a little bit desperate. There's going to be a team out there that's desperate, and he's just going to take that contract to play because he obviously wants to play. It's not like he's just sitting here. Oh, I want to retire at 36. And we all want to retire at 36, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. But he, I mean, he still wants to play. He still thinks he can play. And I think, the, like I said, the closer it gets to spring training, I think he's just going to jump on a team that wants to sign him. 
Yeah, I think he will too. Uh, if that's the Red Sox, I don't know. I mean, he's an outfielder at this point. We don't really need an outfielder, but could he DH? Yeah, maybe. But now we have options for DH too. So I'm not sure the need's there. I know he he's expressed wanting to come here before. But, yeah, I think it might take a while. It might go down to the end. And, yeah, he probably will get desperate and take less because he doesn't want to just sit there and not play. Because then, then you start thinking about retirement. It's like, well, I am 36. Nobody wants me. So I guess I'll just retire. So I, I think he gets desperate and stays in Toronto. Um, I think they end up getting him. Yeah. I think he just stays in Toronto. Um, he likes it there. I don't think there's any reason for him to leave. Um, no one else in the division likes him, apparently. So uh, I can't imagine him being anywhere else but Toronto, especially now they already lost Ancon Arcion, too. Uh, they'd be really shooting themselves in the foot if they let him go. So kind of have to wait and see there. But um, that'll do it for this week on Red Sox. Beat. Don't forget to go check out Audible um, as well as on Twitter. We are at Red Sox underscore beat. Facebook is Red Sox beat podcast um, as well as don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, the whole nine yards. Um, we're getting closer, folks. Turn of the new year. Hope you had a great holiday. But that means we're getting closer and closer to February, which means Lawrence, happy time. Um, and pitchers happy, and catchers, happy. Pitchers and catchers will be reporting. Uh, we'll get more written coverage up there from Jess and the gang as that kind of comes closer as well. Uh, they've been doing a great job covering everything else so far. Um, so that'll be on the more regular basis as we get closer and closer to the season. Um, but until next week, for Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scally, and this has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio.